I believe it's uh, it comes from starting working in the travel industry, where you can just feel the energy and you can feel the excitement and you can feel the chaos that hits you when it's a high season, and uh, and that's guess I guess that's what gets you going. That you you want to keep on, you know, being in that same environment where which constantly this excitement and and overload of work, I guess. <laughs> Hey y'all, how are we doing? We are back again for another episode of Hospitable, the podcast about the hospitality space that is all about how do we make hospitality more human through technology. And normally you see me live on location. Unfortunately, this one, we weren't able to go to Iceland to visit our guest today, Gudrun Ragnar's daughter, but we're really excited to have her on the pod. She is the founder and CEO of Keeps, which is a content management system tailored to the travel industry. Gudrun, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you so much, Rob, for inviting me. Yes. So I really, you know, we were introduced through a mutual connection. It's really excited to to chat with you because you've had a really kind of cool path. So you founded your own company, but prior to that, you have had a lot of experience in the travel industry. How did you kind of fall into this this, this industry and, and where was the passion for travel? I mean, you even have this sign uh, behind you that says travel. So where did this love for travel and this passion for the industry come from? I believe it's uh, it comes from starting working in the travel industry where you can just feel the energy and you can feel the excitement and you can feel the chaos that hits you when it's a high season. And uh, and that's guess, I guess that's what gets you going that you, you want to keep on, you know, being in that same environment where which constantly this excitement and, and overload of work, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that, um, you know, anyone in hospitality knows, uh, the chaos, I mean, it's chaos in general, but the chaos of high season. Absolutely. So you kind of fell into, uh, you got into the space and fell into the love of it and you worked for a number of years, um, at Expedia and, this about this time as we were talking pre-show and you said that you noticed there is kind of an issue. So talk to me a little about um, kind of how you worked into that and then what you noticed um, that was a problem for the industry that actually led you to, to where you are today. Yeah. So I, I used to work for Expedia for six years and uh, I was taking care of markets. Um, I was a market manager and I was taking care of Iceland, Faroe Islands and Greenland. And, uh, this this was like eight, yeah, six, seven years back. And uh, during that time, Expedia didn't have a lot of presence in this market. And uh, my job was to, you know, get more listings to Expedia mm-hmm. and introduce these markets to Expedia because everybody was using Booking.com. That yeah. was European. Everybody knew what they were very fast to the market. Expedia was an American company. So going to the Euro- Europe was a bit of a challenge, I guess. Mm-hmm. So my job was essentially to to grow the market, and so I started to flying you know flying back and forth to Iceland and Greenland and Fairlands and and try to get them to sign up with us. Uh, and first of all, it didn't have a, a property management system, so they were very very uh, you know pushing back on and having another OTA because it was already hard to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, the second of all, when I did actually get them on board. Uh, the onboarding process of of from they were signing the contract um, until they got live was many many weeks, mm-hmm. and it was not due to they didn't have the rates 
uh, or the information, it's more like they didn't have the photos. Mm -hmm. The photos were missing. It was in this computer or that computer, that folder, that file, ex-employee, or it was just lost in a computer that burned down. Yeah. And uh, then uh, I started taking the photos myself for them when I was visiting. And I uploaded the photos myself, which meant an onboarding process went from many, many weeks into maybe two or three days. And they yeah. went live. And they started producing. So we saw the win-win of, of this, this strategy. And this pretty much how it came about the problem that this was not a one-case scenario. I probably acquired 1,000 properties in, in Iceland and Faroe Islands and Greenland, and it yeah. was always the same story. The photos were missing, or if they had the photos, it took them ages to upload them and maintain them. And it was a pretty much just one-time thing. They would register with the OTA, find the photos, and that's just it. Yeah. They don't go in there again, especially after they got the property management system to maintain the rates and availability. Yeah. There's no, no really... There's nothing that is motivating them to go in there again. Yeah. What's funny because as a, as a you know, head of brand and content guy myself, I know very well how all my photos, there's photos and videos on this phone and that phone and this file, and that file. So we actually had to create like a centralized uh, drive file where it's like photos in the wild. It's like all the random photos, right? And then naming conventions so you can go back and look and dates. And it's so hard because sometimes... No, we, we are so accustomed to taking photos of things um, and we forget about it, right? Unless you're like somebody who posts heavily. I mean, I don't know how many times I've thought about, oh, I should put a post out on LinkedIn or a post on Instagram. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have that fo a photo for that. And it's like, I know I have a photo somewhere on my phone. I just don't feel like scrolling back <laughs> to find the perfect photo. And I think that when you're managing, like, that's from a personal standpoint, but for managing that at scale, I could see that being a bit crazy. But you at this time you were living in Denmark, flying a lot to Iceland and Faroe Islands and whatnot. And now you're in Iceland. So how did you? Did you just love Iceland so much that you made the trip, or you know what? What, uh, <laughs> what was the impetus from being in Denmark and Copenhagen and and moving to Iceland? Well, I, I do come from Iceland, so my time in Denmark was me visit. I mean, me studying there and mm -hmm. uh, being there for eight years. So my journey in Expedia started there pretty much, and I moved with the company to Iceland as we were creating an office. So back to Iceland, uh, COVID hit us, and then I, I left the company yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit, little bit later. And but I mean, Iceland is of course an amazing country, and uh, uh, I think majority of tourists who come to Iceland come here because of nature, and that is definitely something that. I is one of one of my favorite things here is that you can see the mountains. Yeah. You can you just by the sea, and we the majority of of of, um, of people who live here live on the coastline. There's a glacier in the middle, so you can't really live there. Yeah. But this is something that, of course, this is the the I guess the mecca for for photo content. Yeah. You know, volcano eruptions and uh, yeah. <laughs> glaciers and stuff like this, and I. And that's definitely what what keeps me here. Yeah, love that. So it's a bit of a homecoming, and and you know it's really interesting because Iceland has really built a culture of hospitality and tourism, right? And so we're also better to 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 be a company in this space than in a country that fosters so much um, hospitality. So as we're kind of switching switching gears here, so you know we left Expedia, uh, did a couple other things, but you you, you started a company. So what? What was the impetus to you to finally say, you know what, 
I saw this problem when I was working at Expedia doing all these things. It is time. Now is the time to to be a founder and CEO. What was that like? Talk me through that process a little bit. Yeah, so during my time at Expedia, I always thought there must be a system that does this. There must be a system that removes this manual barrier to upload content and keep it updated. Um, but it really isn't. And mm-hmm. many, many years of, of doing the same work, I just, I didn't think about it. Then COVID hit and I was bored. I mean, the market was down. I had time on my hands. So I started thinking, why don't I just do it? Why don't yeah. I just create the solution that I've been thinking about for many years and just do it? And the the idea just came about and I started writing in uh, applications for getting grants to actually to be able to hire developers to create the the, the product and the um, and the ball just started rolling. And during my other jobs, whilst, uh, while I was here, I was doing this on the side. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until uh, a manager at a previous company who just said, why don't you just go for it all in? Just do it. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So we signed up for Accelerator here in Iceland. Um, it went very well. We definitely got to formulate our product and solution better. We got a lot of help from the mentors in the program. And uh, we then... Uh, did a couple of meetings with investors and four months later we had investment and uh, and that is pretty much the story and uh, the rest is now it's not history because we're still creating the product but we got the funding and we got to hire the developers and we are launching the MVP now and within this week or next that's awesome and you know by the time this episode comes out the MVP will already be launched um everything will be, uh, be be rolling. So what are you most, you know, as you're going through this process and you're, you're really building the solution of a content management system that's innovative and, and really helps manage and distribute content to to all the different sales channels, all the different whatever engines, et cetera. What are you, what are you most excited about as you go through this product launch and what are you maybe most scared about as you go through the product launch? Wow. I'm most excited about introducing this solution to the hoteliers. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we have now been doing it for a couple of months and everybody has been a great, great response to the product and the solution because people know it. I mean, as in my pitch, as soon as I say, where do you keep your photos? Then it's just like a blank or, or question mark. So we know that's what we're most excited about, that they get to free up a lot of time and also be so much more visible than before by having consistency in the content across all channels. And that is what is, is the most important for both the hotel, but also the traveler. Yeah. So to see that come to light and to see that consistency across channels and see them growing their visibility and revenue is is definitely something that we are most excited about. Um, what I'm most scared about, I think, Jesus, this has been a roller coaster. Uh, there's yeah. been ups and downs, and it's been like woohoo and like no, and uh, <laughs> it's been things that have like worked and not worked, and uh, mm-hmm. a disaster and not and. I, uh, what I'm most scared about is that I guess something will break yeah. and, but the good things about the things that break that we can fix them. Yeah, um, absolutely. but of course you want the product to be seamless and you want the use to feel like he can trust your product. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 you know, it's, it's really interesting and we always kind of joke is that things can break on the back end because, and we're happy about that because we can fix that as long as it doesn't affect the user experience. When the minute it starts affecting the user experience, it's when you, when we start kind of, okay, we got to figure that out. Cause you know, 
Omniboost is very similar to the fact that we are a seamless integrator where most companies shouldn't know that they're running us. We're just doing the things that we need to do on the back ends so that things get done, right? And 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 that's an amazing thing. And usually people don't know about Omniboost until something breaks. Uh or or the cool stuff that we're doing now is we like put ourselves as a platform, but previously, right? And so uh that's always a fear uh, of that. But uh, you know, I think it's really amazing in regards to kind of saying, you know what, I'm ready. You know, you have the six years experience from Expedia, you saw a problem, you started building on the side, you have this time. And I think that's something about just just do it, right? I love it. We actually, one of the things our founder loves, the Phil Knight manifesto. Uh, we still kind of use that today. There's a lot, you know, some of it obviously has to be kind of translated to today, but it all still holds true, right? You kind of build build shit and break it, right? Like see what happens, move the ball forward and always be thinking about um, the end user insight is, is, is the person that's using this product, is it seamless? And if so, that's the name of the game. So I think that's really cool and really excited about where, where it's going for you. I can't wait to, um, follow up with you post launch and, and, and see the success and, and, and catch up with you on it all. So as we, as we look at this travel industry, you know, we talk about how it kind of hospitality and travel kind of hooks you in, right? The, the highs and lows, the chaos, the craziness. What are some of the trends, you know, when we worked in this space for the last, you know, years and building a company in this space, what are some of the trends that you are most excited about? What are some of the things that you're looking forward to as we head into the second half of 2023 and 2024 as it relates to, you know, travel? It could be technology, it could be experiences. What's kind of, uh, what's got you kind of excited? I mean, AI is definitely, uh, gone all crazy. I mean, everybody's using AI now. AB are even using AI. I mean, we're using AI to tag uh, the photos. We're using AI to create descriptions and textual content for, for social media. And I think that uh, that is something that will become more and more, um, I guess, uh, a main feature. It won't even be new anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody's using it. And that is something will be used in, uh, I guess, most related software for the travel industry. I think uh, in COVID, we, there were so many solutions that just flew up to the surface, which was like seeming like, uh, what can you say? Like there was no, uh, they were trying to avoid uh, any kind of a touch of the guest to another guest or, or surface or, or whatever it was surrounded with the guest during COVID. So then you had the key- keyless, um, keyless, uh, I guess, uh, what's it called? Um, check in and check out mm-hmm. and there were almost no people working in the hotel so you were trying every hotel was trying to to um make the stay of the guest as as pleasant as possible with with the lowest impact of contact yeah. and i think the solutions that uh, were created for that is are still there because mm-hmm. there are still people who don't want this much of a contact yeah. and don't want that that much of a people and you know, even cleaning your room. I mean, just like a couple of years back, I mean, here in Iceland, we have, you could say, endless source of, of hot water and, and um, cold water. But now when you enter your room, you've been asked to save the towels, mm-hmm. save the showers, save the water. And I think the sustainability uh, plays a big part here. Yeah. I mean, the awareness of sustainability is 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 huge today. And I think that is something that we will see more trending towards 23, 24, and in the future, mm-hmm. how can we minimize 
um, everything that is bad for nature and mm. uh, and uh, and pretty much try to create more sustainable path towards yeah. travel. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think there's a lot of really innovative things happening in, in you know, travel by nature. You're 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 moving around and you're exploring the world. And so, how do we, you know, try to mitigate our impact, our footprint, so to speak, as, as we jump on a plane to travel an unknown part of the world for us and go through this experience. I, I really think that's a really uh, impactful piece. And and you brought up this thing about, you know, every traveler is different. There's a lot of people that travel for business. There's people that travel for leisure. There's leisure travelers, right? The kind of the blended. Um, some people want high contact. Some people don't. And they, you know, the exploration of this podcast is how do we make hospitality more human through technology? And you kind of brought that up of, you know, all these different keyless touches and in, in, in the checkouts, you know, an AI making a big impact. How do you think that, you know, as we look at the way these things are going to make an impact, how does that change the game of the idea of being hospitable, of, of walking into a hotel or walking into a space? You know, the idea of going to the hotel is to be taken care of, right? And mm-hmm. have a, a, a soft bed and, and warm food and, you know, running water and, and Wi-Fi. Where do you see this kind of you know balance for hoteliers as you're working with hotel hoteliers to create systems that allow them to connect better with travelers, right? Where do you see this intersection and, and how do you see this unfolding? Do you think that it's gonna continue to be high touch, low touch? Do you think we're gonna go to all automated hotels? What do you think? I think there's gonna be uh I think systems will replace somewhat of the time that is being used now by employees. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean that they will lose a job. It just means that they will have different responsibilities. Yeah. They will still maintain because behind every system, there's a human. Yeah. And there will always be somebody who needs to maintain the systems, even keeps, even though that we um, distribute content automatically to all the sales channels, somebody needs to keep it updated. Yeah. Somebody needs to make sure they have the newest photos and they switched out the Northern Light photos to, to a summer photo or something like that. Um, so the intersectionality beca- kicks in when when you look at your segment of travelers. Mm-hmm. There are segments that only choose Airbnbs, for example, yeah. because they want low contact. They want the uh, privacy. Yeah. So they will choose it. But what will happen uh, is that the more informed travelers get the more information that the hotel can spit out on all the sales channels or wherever they have the information stored, the more um, up-to-date the traveler is about what he's buying and he yeah. can see it. It's more visible. So I think that there will always be these these great accommodations that offer this this hus- hospital- hospitality that, that, the, that, that you greet the guest when he comes in and you offer him a drink or whatever it is. And that is something that guests will then know that he is getting mm-hmm. through the content and through the textual content and photo content. Um, so I think that it doesn't really, even though we're getting more technical and the travel industry have been very much not the most technical uh, industry for the yeah. past decades, it's it's getting there. We're still a little bit behind, um, but it's getting there. And it's not to replace anything. I think it's just to find that perfect balance within the 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 hotel itself and the yeah. management and also with the travelers that are coming in. Yeah, I love that because I think, you know, I definitely think that there's a world where there could be all automated hotels for like the super tech savvy people that want no touch, all, um, you know, all technology. But I think that 
that's going to be a small subset. Uh, I think there's still such a need for that human contact. I think we all crave it when we're traveling, having somebody to ask a question to, having somebody to, to give recommendations. And I think that the beautiful thing about some of the, the technologies that we're seeing from PMSs to POSs to content management systems like Keeps to all these things is that we're allowing the hotel staff, the restaurant staff to be freed up, meaning instead of having their head in a computer trying to find answers, they're more knowledgeable. And then also taking that technology and saying, how do we create systems that are scalable, right? Because you mentioned if I'm the content person and I've taken a thousand photos for the hotel and I decide to, to go to another job or to leave and, and go across the world and I have all the photos on my phone, you lose so much content and data and things like that. So how do we create technology backup so that no matter who comes in, they can run it and operate. Yes, every human has their own flavor and brings their own energy and their own personality to the role, but how do you kind of mitigate some of that loss when people walk out the door? And uh, I think that there's so much advancement to be had in the next year or two. And there's so many companies popping up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as we kind of go through this revolution in, in the tech space. But I, I, I like what you said about um, AI is going to have a big impact on the roles that we play, not taking roles away, but how do we, honestly, how do we be more human in our roles, right? It's going to take away being in the computer and being more customer focused so that we can be there for our customers. And I think that's such a, a unique thing and really exciting to see how that continues to play out. Um, Cause I've been traveling a lot more lately for work. I I've gotten into loving when I travel for work, I really want to stay in a hotel. When I travel for like leisure, when I want to get off the grid, I want to find like a tent or a shack in the woods. Like, I don't want like an area. I want like literally like give me a shack in the woods and and and, and get off the grid. Um, but I but it's been interesting to see how these these things play out as we look um, moving forward. So one of the questions I always like to ask our guests is, you know, those that work in the hospitality space travel tend to travel a lot. What is your most memorable travel story? It could be memorable in a good way or a bad way. Uh, when you think about travel like what is that one thing that pops in your head and i see your smile so you already have something <laughs> lined up just based on that so what is that so um yeah me i mean bali it's what pops up in my head um i mean i lived uh, for um, yeah eight years in copenhagen and uh, it was relatively you know cheap to to fly to asia Rather than you know live, having lived in Iceland as well, it's it's always more costly, right? Because not in the mainland, it's an island, and um, so flying to Bali with my my then girlfriend, um, we we went to um, Koh Phi, and uh, oh sorry, that's in Thailand. We went to Bali. Sorry, uh, can we? We seem to cut this out. <laughs> Let's start again. Uh, the most memorable trip that I had was definitely to uh, Bali. It was a beautiful, beautiful, it's a beautiful country. And uh, I remember that my my uh, ex-partner then, she got very uh, flight sick because it was like three flights to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, so she had puked her way to, to Bali pretty much. And then we were also driving. So she we needed to stop the car for her to also <laughs> throw up. And at the final destination, she was like, finally, we had this this green blue sea, this resort that we went to, and uh, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful destination, and uh, it was the best experience ever that I that I've entered, uh, the most most present and and 
experience that I had in, in traveling in general. Oh, that what could have been the worst travel experience of your could life turned been. into one of the best, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably was yeah. bad. You know, you kind of have those balances. And I, and I love that, that story. It, it, it's so, especially in today's day and age where so many uh, media is about how flights are being canceled. There's a lot of, I mean, travel is up so high. Like everyone is like, we want to go out and see the world and not everything is keeping up. And so there's so much craziness. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter if even if the airlines are perfect and you never had a flight cancel and whatever, whatever. Traveling the world, nothing will ever go as planned. You have to be ready to take it in stride because some of the best experiences of your life are when after kind of things that happen. Like I remember one one time for me, I was exhausted and I, and I was not feeling great and you know, my wife really wanted to, to hike up to the top of a mountain. I'm like, I don't, don't really want to. We've already been on a couple other hikes and it really wasn't a, it wasn't a long hike. It was, it was really kind of short. Um, and I, I was just like, you know, I was hemming and hawing and I didn't want to go on it. I finally like, you know what, let's just do it. And, uh, you know, she was almost like, you know, we'll just stay like, I'll go do it myself. So she was like, I'm not waiting on you. I'm going to go do it. And I was like, I'll do it with you. Let's go. So, you know, by the time I got up there and I just remember looking out and, and, and taking pictures, and I was just like, why, why the hell did I not want to come up here? Like, I'm, I might never be back in this is, is in Switzerland, in Lucerne. I might never be back in Switzerland, right? Uh, this is kind of the end of my time living in Milan. And I just knew that I may never be back here. So why was I even hemming and hawing? Because I was tired. I knew that, that being at the top of that was going to be one of the coolest experiences, right? And so it was, and, and it was. It was special in a different way, I think, partly because I was exhausted and I didn't want to do it. But for those out there, just remember that traveling is one of the coolest and most amazing experiences of your life and nothing will go as planned. <laughs> so be prepared and take it in stride and have a little bit of compassion. Remember, we're all human, right? The idea of uh, travel industry is be hospitable and understand that that can be tough. So just be human and remember, we're all human together and we're in this together. So I love that story and I allow you, thank you for letting me wax poetic on it, but uh it's such a essence of, of a great travel story because that's, that's where the best memories are made, you know? So awesome. Exactly. Well, I, you know, good one. It was so much fun to getting to chat with you and, and have you on the pod. As far as you know, the, the products that be coming out soon, how can listeners find you as, as we uh, are paying attention and following on your journey? Uh, where can they find you? How can they follow along with what you're building and what keeps us doing? Yeah, so uh, we have a website, of course, that you can both visit and, and hopefully soon you can log in and, and, and subscribe. Uh, it's keepscms.com for Icelanders who are listening, keeps.is, very easy. And uh, But uh, we'll be launching now in the next next one or two weeks. Uh, then we're just adding on features in uh, in for the for the future. A couple of months in, we were gonna be integrating social media, and um, we're gonna have a special section for for photographers or influencers who would like to add their photos that they're taking off the accommodation to the to the photo section and so etc. So a lot of features coming up. So I hope that you can stay in touch on LinkedIn. You can follow us there, Facebook, or or yeah, even just visit the website. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to have all those linked in the show notes um, as you're listening. And, and remember, as we're as we're recording this episode, um, the the, the uh, company is going to be launching the product here, uh, basically early August, end of July, early August. And this episode 
uh, when you have the time you're listening to is probably around September, October. So really excited from what you're hearing of Goodwin's story and, 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 and the challenges and what she's excited about to see her vision, right, come full life. So after you go check out Keeps after this episode, you can kind of see where we were just a few months ago to, to what, what the product looks like. So I'm really excited, Goodwin, and really appreciate you being a part of the podcast and sharing a great travel story with us, sharing your thoughts on um, AI and, and what some of the cool stuff that can happen. And also, we're really excited to uh, continue to see what you do with Keeps. And hopefully, I'll be coming to Iceland soon and we can meet in person. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rob. You bet. Good one. Take care.